Welcome back to the Riding Pine Show, Season 5. I got my boy band juices flowing. <laughs> <laughs> we are finally back for Season 5 of the Riding Pine Show. Harper here is one of your hosts. Over here we have Mr. White. What's up, buddy? It has been a oh. long time. That song was a great choice. I had no idea what it was going to be. And uh, Backstreet is back, baby. <laughs> That's right. What, what is what That song is like 1996. Yeah, circa it was, 1996. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I'm gonna guess 97. I feel like I was in grade seven at the time. St. Matt's Junior High, all the hormones flowing. <laughs> Backstreet Boys were the it at the time. My guess 97. Boombox on the front steps with yeah, like yeah, you buddy. Know. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, well, it's good to be back. We it have is. a jam-packed show because we haven't been here for a while. We're gonna get to our little banter a little bit later because we need to catch up. Big we, time. We haven't barely seen each other. Over the, over the summer, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. But why don't we throw it over to a very special guest? And I'm going to leave that intro for one minute, and we're going to tee him up, and we're going to be right back with one of our very dear friends. Can't wait. All right. As promised, our very, very dear friend, he works where I'm going I'm to say he's living his absolute best life right now he's a blogger for the eyes on aisles he's an aisles prospect specialist youtuber he is one of the original co-hosts of the ride and pine show believe it or not our very dear friend michelle anderson my buddy mitch Boy. as the kids call you how you doing buddy i'm good like you said living the best life i cast away the shackles of the nine to five job and I sit in my basement <laughs> tweeting about hockey all day. <laughs> yes, you do. And like I said off air, you I live vicariously through your Twitter because I do see you talking to prospects and you're tweeting all day long. And uh, I'm proud of you, buddy. It, it looks like it's working out for you. And, you know, I'm envious that you, you did that. So congrats. Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Right now it's tweeting about uh, Kyle Palmieri. Sorry, Zach Parise. I get the two mixed up. Oh. Officially, unofficially signing with the Isles and watching Kladno against Viktovic because we've got a prospect over there. And, you know, who doesn't want to watch Yarmer Yager at, what is it, 50,000-year-old skate in the pros? He's yeah, still he's, over there crushing it, right? Well, he, he's not crushing it, but he owns the team and he feels some sort of obligation to keep playing because he said if he stops, the team's probably going to go bankrupt. And he's a part owner, so he's like, <laughs> he's like I don't even want to anymore. He's like, I have to. <laughs> The bank is making me play. Yeah. Oh, man. Probably a little debt here and there from his gambling days, too. So who knows? He's, he's loaded. <laughs> yeah. He's loaded. Okay, Mitch. So let, let's yeah. let's just dive right into Islanders talk here. We know you're ready. Yeah. We know you're ready to rock and roll. I have, like, the, the biggest question I have was, well, how do you feel about how they ended their season last year, number one? And then number two, can they take that next step this year? Number one, heartbreak, right? They lose game seven to Tampa again. Not again game seven, but again to Tampa by a score of one nothing. unlike us 
stupid play, right? It was just a dumb – they scored shorthanded, right? And it was the worst play, like three veterans just kind of like not realizing what they're doing, and then that's how you get eliminated. You're like, come on. Now, can they take that next step? Yeah, why the heck not, right? It's the same team minus Jordan Eberle, which, you know, to be fair, is being replaced by Kyle, Kyle Palmieri, which is an upgrade, and I'm writing about that as we speak. Um, and then they're getting Anders Lee back, which may not, <laughs> I'm saying this cheekishly, but is definitely an upgrade over Leo Kalmar on the first line, without a doubt. So, yes, they can make, they can get to the Stanley Cup finals, I think, this year. So the trade in April that happened when you acquired Paul Marion Sajak from New Jersey, um, how, how is that looking in terms of what you guys paid to get those two? And is Sajak even going to be a part of the team this year? I was reading that they might bring him back for a depth role, but I haven't really been following it. So he hasn't officially signed, but everyone seems to believe that he has officially, unofficially signed. And what I mean by that is that he's actually signed a contract but Lula Amarillo in his like world of wisdom just hasn't actually filed it yet. They're just kind of like, I don't need to, it's done. Why do I need to send it in and let everyone know what my cap situation is? But it seems that he, Travis Ajak is signed. Now is the, how does the trade look like? Fine. We gave off a first round pick that we don't necessarily need right now. And it was a late first round pick at that. And uh, what else did we give two prospects that really just went, went uh, or, or left to just make up the numbers work, right? Because you have a certain number of contracts you can have on the books. So bringing two guys in necessitated two contracts going out. So losing those two guys, AJ Greer it was, and I forget the other prospect, um, wasn't really a, of a consequence. So we lost nothing, technically speaking, to get exactly what we need, which is depth scoring and right-wing support. So it's, uh, I know you do a lot of work with the prospects and you do lots of uh, calls and everything. So uh, what prospects do you guys have in the pipeline that you're really excited about that you think can make the next step, whether it be this year or in the next, you know, two or three years? Oh, Atu Atu comes right to mind, right? That's their second round pick this year, 52nd overall. Should have been a couple of years ago. This was uh, not a lock, but considered to be possible for the first overall pick, right? He was that good. And then his stock plummeted and he fell out of not only the top 10, but the first round altogether and went mid second round. But this kid's got talent. He's got size. He's got strength. He's got the IQ. He's not the greatest skater in the world, but his skating can definitely get him to the NHL. Like he's got all of it. He can make a second, a good second line center in the NHL that the Islanders picked in the middle of the second round. That's so, incredible. So I know nothing about him. So is it, a character issue or was it injuries? Like how do you fall from being a potential first overall to, or was it just overall play? So it was, I'm going to just, because you use the word character issue, I'll, I'll lump it in with that. The issue with Ratu is that he tries too hard. So when he was labeled as the potential for a first overall, he tried to live up to that by just training. He was constantly in the gym. He was literally working too hard. And so he kind of burnt himself out at one point he was talking about like, I just don't even want to play hockey anymore. Like this is just too much. Uh, but they, they being the team that he plays for in Finland, Karpat were able to sit him down. Same thing with the, the finished, uh, the finished side and be like, all right, here's how we're going to get you back to where you need to be. Uh, you need to stop training as much as you do. 
and just focus on, you know, resting, uh, getting proper nutrition, getting proper uh, time to heal, and just getting yourself mentally more prepared for the games. Uh, and it seems to be working. Like, it's, it's immediately after he was drafted, there was a summer showcase in Plymouth, Michigan, and he absolutely dominated. Had, like, 14 points in seven games. I uh, just, again, dominated the U.S. squad, the Swedish squad. Uh, just absolutely electric. Uh, so it seems to be working for this team. It's not a skill issue. It was, quote-unquote, a character issue that can and has been fixed, it seems. Because you'd think that with, like, a guy like... Lou Lamorello there. He's going to shape these kids up, right? I'm surprised that you're still rocking the goatee, even though you're writing for the Islanders. <laughs> you think I'd shave out of sympathy, right? I'd have to shave, only wear low numbers on my back. <laughs> Don't even put a name back there because it's all about the logo, not on the, the name on the back. That's exactly. It's true. Okay, so one of the questions I have is offense for them. Do they have enough offense going into next season? I know Anders Lee is coming back. Uh, Wallstrom is, you know, shaping up to be, you know, maybe a little bit better than he was. But Anders Lee had that season-ending knee injury, so hopefully he can come back fresh and ready for the start of the season. But what do you think overall in terms of offense for this team? So I'm glad you brought that up because that was that is the one big issue facing the New York Islanders ever since Barry Trotz took over. Right since 2018-19, the Islanders' offenses were in ranked, I believe, it's 24th or 26th in the NHL which is not good. Uh, they have the talent to get higher than that. They're not going to be one of the top 10 offensive teams, I don't think. They don't need to be either, though. Like, already we're talking about them potentially winning a cup, and we're, we're you know, in the same sentence as, like, their 24th-ranked offense in the league. They don't necessarily need that. What they need to do is just start converting on a few more chances. They just need a few more. They need more goal depth. And they picked that up this year. They got Kyle Palmieri, who's going to be back to full strength. And what I mean by that is he's not going to shoot at 9.5% as he did last year. Uh, they're bringing in Zach Parise, who's going to speak to the media in a couple hours, even though his official contract hasn't been filed yet. Um, and he's going he's gonna to bounce back, too. He's going to have another, like, 15-goal year at least. Uh, and that's what they need. And then you've got Enders Lee, who was on pace for a pretty good year last year, uh, is going to do even better, I suspect. I don't think he's going to be a 40-goal scorer, but I, I definitely think he's going to be a 30-goal scorer this year. And, and that's all they need. They don't need to be a top-10 offensive team in the league. They need to be middle of the pack, and they can definitely do that with the depth that they've got offensively. For people who don't know that are listening right now, three years ago I made a bet, and what I like to do is I like to bet on kind of a team that isn't a front-runner to win a Stanley Cup. And so three years ago, I took the St. Louis Blues. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup. I won six, at 68 to 1. Uh, two years ago, I took the Dallas Stars at uh, 18 to 1. They made it to the Cup final. I won some money. Last year, I took the Carolina Hurricanes. They lost to the eventual Stanley Cup winner. There was a point in that series where they were up 4 1, and I thought Carolina was going to take it to them, and then they would have played New York. This year, 2021, at 20 to 1, my team yeah. is. The New York Islanders. Mitch, I believe in the Islanders. I read a lot, and it might just be because I read all of your Twitter stuff, and I'm <laughs> I'm buying the hype. But I think, I mean, they were, like you said, a goal away from the cup final, and I, I you know, Montreal played phenomenally, and we'll get to that later in the show. But um, I, I think had they slipped through Tampa there, I don't think anyone was stopping them. Um, so for me, 
I've got the Islanders at 20 to 1. I'm putting my standard $250 on it, so $4,500 payout. And uh, I will, I'll send you a little care package when they, when they hoist that cup. <laughs> I love it. I also put some money down on that because you're going, how are the Islanders who've been to what are essentially two Eastern Conference finals, taking the eventual Stanley Cup champion in both years to six games and then seven, are seventh. And then they've got the same team, the same team, minus Nick Letty, let's say. It, right? makes, it makes no how sense. They, they don't get any respect. And I, I was, don't get it. I Even seventh it, is high. I was saying it to my buddies uh, mid-second round. I said, if the Islanders make it through here, I said, I think I'm going to take them as my team next year. I said, but if they if they play too hard against Tampa, if they play too well in the in the Eastern Conference Final, they'll probably get the credit they deserve, and they haven't. And they're still completely an underdog, and that's what I felt about Carolina last year, and I don't feel the same about them this year. But I felt like that team was a complete underlooked if you look up and down that roster that team was stacked they had a really good year i mean they i don't know what they did this offseason they dropped a bomb in that room but um I, I like you said same team two eastern conference finals pretty much and you know those i don't see any teams that are significantly better than they were maybe the rangers are going to be better and that will be fun um but i don't really see any team that's going to be you know tampa's not getting better I don't see any team that's going to be better than, than the Islanders this year in the East. I feel the same way. And, like, you bring them to Carolina. Carolina has better odds than the New York Islanders. I think they're plus 1,500 to win, yeah. uh, whereas the Islanders are plus 2,000. And I don't know how that works out, the 20 to 1 or whatnot, probably 15 to 1, I guess. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense because, like you say, on paper, they, they got worse. right? They got rid of their, what I would consider, Vezina caliber goalie. Yeah. They got rid of their 15-goal defenseman, basically, and brought in Tony D'Angelo, who's a locker room cancer, uh, for lack of a better term. And then they bring in, you know, Freddie Anderson is fine. Their goaltending tandem is going to be okay, but it's not not Vezina winning at all. And you're going, you guys got worse on paper. How how do you factor this team is going to be better? I don't understand. I just don't understand getting rid of Nadelkovich. It makes no sense to me. What happened there? How did they lose him? I guess they wanted to keep their money for a spare cook at Miami. Don't even get me sorry, started Harper. on that. <laughs> well, they got an all-star $6 million 23-year-old winner. No, he's 21. Yeah. He's, it's, yeah. Good luck. I don't, I don't get it. But, yeah, good luck. So, I, I, I respect the bet. I hope, obviously, I hope you win it. And I think you will. When I wrote my five bold predictions for the season, that was one of them. And it wasn't really that bold to begin with, I think, that the Islanders are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. No, I mean, I think even at 14 to 1 something or four, like plus 1,400, somewhere in that range is something that I expected. And I still probably would have bet because you're going to get your, your Maple Leafs at plus 700 and your, you know, your, your Colorado probably in the plus 600 range. And Vegas is up there. And, you know, those teams, and though the perennially, they're going to be there. But, uh, yeah, I just, I like Islanders. I mean, when it comes to playoffs, defense wins championships. And that's, you know, it's, the, it's so annoying to say, but it's so true. And it really is. They're, you know, Barry Trotz got that team playing so well. And they buy in with Lou Lamorello. And, yeah, no, I just, I, I love that bet. Yeah, it's a great bet, right? Like, plus 2,000. My God, he said forty five hundred dollar payout. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I re- I remember the bets like back back in the olden days. 
Where like Darcy's talking about throwing some money down, and you're like, "Yeah, I made a bet too." And you're like, "Yeah, well, what'd you make?" He's like, 85 cents." <laughs> <laughs> you bet yeah, like quarters and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's betting up like 250 bills, and I'm like, "I'd put on minimum 75 cents." Like that's the minimum. You can't go any lower than that on this on this site. <laughs> well, uh, with the sixty eight hundred that I won on St. Louis lifetime, I think I'm only down about eighty five thousand now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the motto of the story, kids, is don't gamble. Do not gamble. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, kids. <laughs> It's a slippery slope, and the best gamblers are only even at sixty-five percent turnover rates. So oh like, man! Hey, 60, yeah. sixty-five it's not, it's not is a get-rich-quick scene. Sixty-five is like next-level pro stuff. You know, if if you're if yeah, you're, exactly right. You know, even in the in the NFL, if you're betting against the spread and you're fifty-seven percent, you're you're essentially a professional gambler. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. <that's unbelievable. laughs> it's not a money-making scheme. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely no. not. Yeah. It's it's called luck. Yes. Um, Mitch, where can we find your stuff? We want to tell our, our listeners that have been put to sleep since we haven't been doing the show, but we want to tell them, where can we find Mitch's stuff? You can get me on eyesonisles.com. That's where all my written stuff goes. You can get me on YouTube. That's Deckhands. That's my uh, YouTube channel uh, of just Islanders prospects. That all I talk about, I watch Islanders prospect games. I speak to them, their coaches, their GMs. It's all up there on YouTube. Um, Eyes on Isles podcast, you can get me there as well. There's an Eyes on Isles patron, so if you're an Islanders fan, you want to get connected with a bunch of other Islanders fans, uh, join us there, where i got a community of 150 people that pay for exclusive Islanders content, including a Discord channel where we're just, today we're talking about like why Lou Lamarella hates long numbers or large numbers. Uh, <laughs> Is it all speculation all or do you guys have like facts? Uh, well, we try to get facts, but a lot of it is speculation. <laughs> like, what number is Zach Parise going to wear? Is he going to try to wear his dad's number? Well, it, 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 maybe, but Josh Bailey is going to have to give it up. Is he going to do that? Bailey might, but, you know, I don't think Zach Parise will take it. And then is he going to then go, oh, I'll, I'll take 74 for when my dad started playing with the Islanders? Lou Lamarello is not going to have that. No, thank you. Well, what's, right. what's the biggest, what's the highest number on the Islanders that. roster right now? Do you know that offhand? The highest number. So veterans are allowed. The, the rule is that new players are not able to keep, to have whatever number they want. They have to take anything below 30, uh, 30, 31. Wow. I think even up to 33 is reserved for goalies. Um, and, but if you're a veteran, you can keep your number. So if you're, let's, let's say, Johnny Boychuk, he had 55, you can keep that. Cases Zizekas, 53, you're good. And I think that's the highest number on the team was 53, I feel like. Maybe someone, an Island fan, is going to be like yelling and hammering like for someone else, but I'm pretty sure 53 was the highest. It's got to be like, it's got to be superstition for him, right? Like for, for Lamarello. Like, the idea, he's very much just like the, the Steinbrenners, right, with the Yankees. The idea is that you don't play for the number or the name on the back. You play for the logo on the front. Mm. So who cares what number you've got? It shouldn't matter. Uh, he's trying right. to take all the individuality out of it to make it more about the team and less about the individual. So it's less superstition, more about philosophy, although that philosophy is just kind of like, all right, whatever. Like that. Okay, old man. Well, he's, that's the hill he's going to die on. There's nothing, there's nothing oh, that's going to change hard. his mind. But any sort of really no. super individualistic player has never fared well under Lou Lamorello. So, where, 
where Joshua is saying now, right? Exactly. Well, Nate, who? Okay, here's a question for both you guys, and we're just gonna we're just gonna go back and forth here. Who's the most prolific, like into himself player of all time that is the most successful in your eyes in the NHL? Ooh. That's a good question. Alex Ovechkin. Is he though? Is he into himself? I think so. What do you guys got? I mean, early success, I'd probably have to say, like, PK, who's, like, just one of those Mm, guys that, like, is, like, super charismatic and flamboyant and, like, knows how to dress and he's got all the sponsorship deals and... I mean, it's funny because when you try and think of hockey players like that, you really can't, right? They're sort of monotone. It's all the same questions, same type of Mm. answers. Um, I don't know, maybe somebody like Austin Matthews. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah, honestly. And if you get into like some of the younger players now, it's it's different. But I think maybe I'd go Matthews. But uh, he hasn't shown. He hasn't won anything yet. But then you look at. The NFL, for example, and the wide receivers are just wild. Oh, and yeah. The safeties and the wild wide receivers are wild, and the quarterbacks are like hockey players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a huge swing there. But, yeah, no, that's a good question, Harper. I guess it's uh, – That's up for debate. Like a Vander Kane, like he's gone downhill since then. Like he was the, the guy that was into himself. Kovalchuk probably didn't fare too well playing in Jersey with Lamarillo there. Oh. It just goes to show like the like – the, um, how everybody has to buy in for every hockey team. Yeah. Like there's there's no team really that that has a player like that that is making it pretty far. That's or, right. Or it's winning the Stanley Cup for a reason, right? Yeah. So Lou's on to something, right? Man, he's got it. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing, man. And let's see if he uh, can make Darcy some money this year. Let's go, Lou. Hopefully so. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Well, it was it was nice catching up with you. We should uh, do this on a less formal basis next time, and uh, let's uh, let's let's get together. Let's do it in person next time, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for hopping on, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy your day, buddy. Thanks to you too. Bye. Peace. Bye. Woo! I miss I miss Buddy Mitch. Yeah, I saw him on the street in front of his house a few months ago. I was showing a house on his street. And he was just out on the uh, front lawn and pulled over and said hello. It was really nice to see him. But, yeah, I have not seen Mitch in person outside of a car in, yeah like, three years. I picture him always wearing an Islanders jersey. Yeah. <laughs> like a full-length Islanders jersey where you can't see his shorts. It's stitched <laughs> into his body. <laughs> and it's so surprising to, to me that he's, like, he is an Islanders guy because he's such – like he grew up a Habs fan. Well, I don't think he. I don't think a lot of his people know that. I don't know if we should edit that part out. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> he like in his blood. I think he 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 is a Habs fan. I don't know. I don't know. I'd but be... not when you work for the team. I guess you gotta. You know. I, I don't know what he w- if he would be more excited to watch the Islanders win or watch the Habs win. Oh, I think there's no doubt it would be the Islanders. But I think there would probably be a little bit of. Secret joy a in little, his heart. A little boy inside of him going, Wee! <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's up, man? I mean, we haven't, literally, we haven't sat down in this house. We're upstairs today, but we're usually in the basement. And I don't even know how long. Like, pre-pandemic, I haven't been here. I think we had Liam McGuire over last time we were all together. 
here? Yeah, and that was definitely pre-pandemic. Probably right. right before. I'd say probably January of 2019. Oh, yeah. Which seems like nine months ago, but it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, time's flying. I actually, it's funny, I just got the sticker renewed for my car. And I have February 2023 for, uh, you know, the new sticker. Um, because I let it go nine months past this February. <laughs> so I went to the back and my sticker was actually from February 2020. So I am 19 months behind. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Ottawa police. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew I was behind, but, um, and I had a cop behind me in a Tim Hortons drive-thru and I was sweating. Ooh. I was sweating. They obviously don't care. I guess not. But anyways, you know, not something you should do. And not something you should uh, follow my advice, kids. But, uh, yeah, things, you know, life gets busy. And that's sort of what happened to us last year where, you know, uh, I had a baby. You moved a couple of times. and yeah. uh, Life has changed completely. Yes. Life as we know it changed, yeah. So, but Life has we know it changed. Like, it's we're not going to talk about it. No. We're not going to talk about it rhymes with pandemic. But... <laughs> <laughs> It's such a polarizing topic and everything that comes with it. This is a positive show, and yeah. we're not going to bring people down. I don't want to talk elections, none of that other stuff. We could just stick to hockey. But, yeah, man, it's I'm so happy to be back. Me too. Um, we're going to try to do this you know, daytime now because I have a million, like a bazillion children. You have two. Life is busy. We're going to crush this during the day. Yeah, I just, gonna be I, I just want to say how impressed I am with you and Amy for having five kids. Um and just yeah. being able to still breathe because, you know, with two, I, I joked with one, we were drowning with two. It some days legitimately feels like we can't handle it. So you guys are absolute all-stars. Yeah. Uh, our youngest is 10 months now and she has slept. Um, the longest stretch is two hours at any given point in her life. What? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's a happy baby. So, you know, she's, but man, it's been, it's been tough. Yeah. It's been tough. But our four year old just started school yesterday, which was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Took her there and she walked in like a champ. So uh, she had a little cry under her blankie at lunchtime because she missed us. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but she didn't want anyone to see. So she put the blankie over her head. <laughs> how was, how was mom? Was she sad about it? Mom was or sad. Happy? No, mom was sad. But uh, I think she just, you know, she was at daycare, so it's not a massive change. We don't, we're not used to having her in the house anyways during so the week. So it's not like school, school. It's just daycare? No, no, no. This is school, school. But she was in daycare before. Ah, so it's okay. not like it's a huge change not being in the house. But yeah, it was kind of, you know, meeting the teachers and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's a big change. So today's day two. And hopefully, I mean, she walked in this morning just like a total champ again. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be good for her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Like, I, I've never experienced that because we homeschool. Yeah. And that's just, like, a whole other layer of stuff. But crazy. it's throughout this entire thing, like, homeschooling is becoming more and more popular. For sure. And, like, a lot of people have reached out to Amy just about how do you homeschool? What do you, like, how do you do it? And, you know, it just takes. <laughs> you guys are just <laughs> ahead of the curve. That's all. Well, I mean, it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of, like. No kidding. You got your head down. Keep doing what you got to do lead your family and just do well. And then I just, again, this whole year has just been a whirlwind for me. And I'm surprised that I'm still here, <laughs> to be honest. There was, it was a little, there was a rough patch there. And, uh, well, you look great. You lost some weight. You're lost in good some shape. Weight. And I'm in good shape. 
haven't played much golf, but man, I am just hyped about hockey season. Let's to be honest, go right. Me too. So let's. Speaking uh, of hockey season, let's talk about last oh. season and how the last season ended because. And I, I'll turn this over to you in a second because I'll give you your time to bask in its glory because in 2007, I was 22 years old. I got to watch my team make it to the Stanley Cup final and uh, Alfredson overtime game five against Buffalo. I remember that overtime winner in a game five to make it to a cup final. You basically got to live that exact moment. Tell me, tell me all about it, Harper. I mean, so the, here's how my season ended. So you heard you heard it correctly, the Tampa Bay Lightning, lightning strikes twice. Thanks a lot. Um, he had that one in the bag for a while, <laughs> all year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't even describe to you the feelings that I had because it was like pandemic time too. You couldn't really go anywhere to watch the game. I don't have a ton of friends like that want to come over and watch the game because they're all like they're either not Habs fans or anything like that. So it was it was a different time. Like, there was no people in the stands. There was, like, you know, 7,500 people or 3,500 people in yeah, Montreal. it's like 3,000. The run, the way that they did it and the way that they beat Toronto, it's just so sweet. It, it makes me feel so good. That's a win in itself. And then the way that they took the f- um, the Jets out. Oh, yeah. Smoked them. And then the overtime winner in Vegas, Smoked in them. in Montreal. You know what? The Vegas series uh, c- could have easily been won v- by Vegas, but that was where having, you know, a top goaltender in the world mm-hmm. at the time yep. makes a difference. And everybody always says it. Carey Price can steal a series. Carey Price can steal a series. He stole a lot of series. He that, did. That uh, this playoff run. The, the Leaf series, I mean, in my opinion, I, I just I cannot believe that collapse. That's... Probably worse than giving up the four-one lead to buff to Boston. Oh yeah. Um, How many more times is it like a team like Toronto like that gonna go through that same scenario? I don't know how many more kicks of the can you got at it, but I mean we've had this conversation before with teams like Washington, mm. and you know remember when they got swept by Columbus yep. that that year, and then it was like okay, blow it up, it's it's over. They came back and won the Stanley Cup the next year. So That's right. this team is still. You know, as fun as it is as a Sens fan and for you as a Leafs fan or as a, as a Habs fan to watch these teams like that implode because they are our rivals, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really count them out. There's a reason they're still top of the favorite list and oh, yeah. all this sort of stuff. So, um, And they haven't made that many changes this year. No, not a lot. Like who, I don't even, I, again, I'm not well-versed. In I mean, Thor- in. Thornton's gone. Thornton's gone. Uh, Anderson's gone. They picked up uh, Peter Mrazek. That's that's a really they good. Took, they took Mrazek from from Carolina. I I, I really like Mrazek. Obviously, yeah, me I mean, too, I yeah. bet I bet several hundred dollars that they would he would take him to the cup. So yeah. I think he's got what it takes. It's just gonna be uh, you know it's just uh, the the Marner and Matthews thing. They just kind of they disappear in in the playoffs and they do. Marner's and they do. got Marner's got one goal in his last eighteen playoff games. That's you can't do that. You he got so emotional that. during that whole series. Like he was just 
the, an emotional wreck. The the one the thing that I saw that made me chuckle was when there was Matthews and Marner, probably one like the top five players in the league. Yep. Two on zero, and they couldn't even hit the net. Yeah, they flubbed it. They had they, they couldn't figure it out. Right there, I just knew something wasn't clicking. Something wasn't right. We just were under their skin. They just need to get a little tougher. Those yeah. two in particular, and and they can, and it's they're still super young. Um, right. You, yeah. When things go wrong, they're so deflated and so visibly noticeable. Yep. And that's you know well, if if they can get that mental part of their game to where it needs to be, Tavares is you know that was a big loss, obviously. Uh, he's there. He's got that mental part. Tavares is a machine. Um, so, anyways, I mean, that was a scary hit. That was a scary hit. It was, you know, it's completely unintentional. As as dirty of a player as Corey Perry is, debatable, right? Everybody thought it was a huge debate that he did it on purpose. I, I don't. I don't think there's any way in that real time. But and and I'm not a Corey Perry fan whatsoever. In um, slow motion, yeah. Absolutely, it looks intentional. Right, but that's slow motion. Yeah, You're going like motion. 16 frames a second versus exactly. real life. Like it's not. It's not something you can really. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it was intentional, but you know, you never know. I hope he comes back. He's he's going to be back, and I think that was a blow to them. Absolutely. But I, like it, it's it was a it was a funny series for me as a Sens fan because it's like, is there a way that both of these teams can lose? No. <laughs> so you had to pick a side, but I. I just have so many friends that are that I want to them to feel my pain <laughs> on both that are fans of both those teams that it was just so hard for me to pick. So it was entertaining. I wasn't happy, but I was entertained by the way that the Leafs lost. But then I was still upset that the Habs won because I knew they were going to beat the Jets. But then right. I was happy because I said Vegas is going to clean them out. And like, after game one, you're like, it's over. over. So I thought the same thing, too. But then they just, they just, they were like the pesky little team that just wouldn't go away. And I think they, there was maybe one game in that series where the Habs really outplayed them. Other oh, than that, I think. It was I even. Even or Vegas was better. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and that flub by Marc-Andre Fleury to that open net. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that that messed everything up for, for yeah, because then they for Vegas, because then they put in Leonard, and that was the wrong. But choice. then they went then back. Then they went back to Flurry. I know. Why do you do that? I don't know. He, Leonard gets you the win, and then you go back to Flurry. That like was that's, that's that's right there. Messes. I was listening to another podcast with uh, Jose Theodore, and he's like, I don't understand who in their right mind would do that. You ride the hot goalie for sure. You ride the win, regardless of how you think you're going to make Flurry feel. Right, and, and who cares how Flurry feels? You just let him. You just traded him for nothing. You let him walk, or yeah. not even let him walk. You literally traded him for nothing. Yeah. What did they get? Nothing. For nothing. I don't. I mean, they might have got a prospect, but it was. I. I nothing. think it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's just crazy. Again, it was just clear the books. Yeah. Well, Vegas is still one of going to be one of the top teams. Like, yeah, they've got Leonard. <laughs> they, they've got Leonard. He's awesome. But I mean, and then losing in the fashion that they did, or that that goal by Lekkinen to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, was just like whatever two minutes into overtime, and the way that he scored, I lost my mind. Yeah, he, no kidding. Like, yep, it was late at night, and I woke up every child. It was like, <laughs> it was nuts. And so it's like I fulfilled like this like childhood like urge in my body to like yeah. go to the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, and. It, losing to Tampa Bay, I knew we were going to lose. Yeah. There's no way we were going to win because of, you know, it's Tampa. And just the way that our team is set up, we just don't play good against them. 
the way that it reminds me so much of my yeah my experience with the run in 07 yeah. um the only unfortunate thing is that you know we couldn't go to a bar or something mm-hmm. and experience that you True. know like because it, the vibe and that sort of thing is is half the the battle there's a lot of things to be said about you know tampa playing that ltir card and being over the cap and all that stuff i yeah. mean chicago they mastered it and uh they beat the Lightning with a team in the Stanley Cup final that was way over the cap, and the Lightning cried w- cried about it, and everybody said it's not a big deal. Yeah. So they just came back and did what is within the rules. So anybody as a Habs fan who's upset about it, I understand it, but it happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were the only team to petition to change that rule. That's right. And it didn't happen. We'll talk about rules and come, like, We'll, we'll talk about more rules and how yeah. that can play in the NHL in a minute. Yes. And then um, just the fashion when Ottawa beat Buffalo and then they had to go up against that um, Anaheim, that Ducks team. Yeah, I knew it was over. The Ducks team was no way anybody with it, with Corey Perry and Scott Ryan and both Niedermeyer brothers. And phew. yeah, no, it was. Was Jaguar uh, still there at that point? Yeah. 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 He Jaguar's was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I miss that guy. Miss that guy. I remember his pads just being so huge. Well, he's also the last non-cup winner to win a Conn Smythe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember Year that too. Oh, three against uh, the Devils because they couldn't pick anyone from the Devils because that team was just so boring. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trap team, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't expect. So I'm gonna be. I'll be completely transparent. I don't expect the Habs to get back to the finals this year. I do not. Do you think they're making the playoffs in that in that division? They're making the playoffs. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. And but they they scraped into the playoffs this year. So right? another another thing that I see that I've lived through recently as a Sens fan is this could also be the false um, hope of a team that's mm. you think is way better in a different position than it actually is. You're losing Weber potentially forever. Oh, he's retiring for sure. So His, Weber's gone. Yeah. How do they replace him? Miami, you, know? you replace with Dvorak. We'll talk about that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's a much of an upgrade. I mean, Habs fans have now convinced themselves that Kotniemi's a, a bum and Dvorak's the next coming, uh, which I don't, there's no <laughs> evidence for that. Yeah. Um, but after the Sens had that run in 2017 where they went to the double overtime game seven against Pittsburgh, and then we went out and got Duchesne the next year, we, we all just thought we were in a position that we were not nowhere near, and then the team just completely imploded. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of ownership issues, and there's a lot of other th- off-ice stuff that contributed a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's the on-ice stuff that, that makes a difference, obviously. Exactly. And so I, I don't know that I, I see much of a difference here than what I saw in uh, Ottawa in that year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, not to be a downer, and I apologize, and any Habs fans, <laughs> feel free to hit me up, DM me, whatever, with any sort of whatever you think, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm calling the Habs don't even make the playoffs this year. Yeah, that'd be, it's a, you're losing your, your key piece on the blue line. You're losing your veteran presence in the locker room, that leadership that they really need. So they're replacing him with David Savard. Yeah, I like Savard. Like, Savard's good. He's cheaper, he, and it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect I the I actually like stuff. Savard. He just won a cup. I mean, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, you know, no, he's good. Yeah. Right? And then uh, they signed another defenseman. No, no. So who, let, let me pull up their lineup here. So it's going to be Edmondson, Petrie, Sherratt, Savard, Kulak, Romanov. Yeah, so I, I don't hate it. That's your defense. Don't hate it. 
and then your four group, like the guys that they added, which is like they're offensively gifted. There's going to be there. We have three potential 30 goal scorers this year with Hoffman with I'm telling you, Cofield is probably going to score more than 30. Yeah, at I agree. least I agree with Toffoli and Suzuki and then Drew is coming back and Anderson. I like their forward group. Yeah, their defenses needs to be shored up and they need to figure out what they're going to do with their young guys. But it's funny because I've got another Ottawa experience in Mike Hoffman and he right? is an absolute detriment to your team. A cancer in the locker room is, is what I hear. Yeah. But who just, knows? Well, I mean, it's funny because he's a perennial 30-goal scorer. Everyone says so. He's never scored 30 goals in the league. I think he did it once in, in Florida. But he's he's always close. He's like he's, 29, Yeah, I know, but whatever. he's not. I mean, he's this 30-goal scorer. He's like the, he scored the most 30-goal seasons in NHL history without actually getting 30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like anytime time you talk about Mike Hoffman, the 30-goal guy is what they talk about. He's done it once. He scored 36 goals once. I live I, – I love this guy. I don't know why. Because, well, you you experienced him because you, you – all that. We, and we experienced him from the outside. But I just – I was there at the game in Pittsburgh when they were in overtime. And he was just coming up the wing, and he released that shot, and it went off the crossbar and in. His shot's incredible. One of the – right there, I think I texted you. Yeah. You can go back to our text from like a long time ago, and For I sure. said Hoffman has a top 10 release in the NHL, guaranteed. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. If Drew can set him up or whatever, like Suzuki's going to be unbelievable. Um, let's just segue into Kock and Yemi and, and whatever right now. Yeah. And then we can stop talking about the Habs. Okay. So, another thing – Ruled in the NHL, you could offer sheet whatever RFAs or yeah, is it, is it UFAs or RFAs? RFAs, RFAs, yeah. yeah, that haven't been because UFAs you can offer sheet them, you don't have to, there's no offer sheet at that point, that's right, they're unrestricted. Right. But a so restricted free agent, you have to, you're they have to sign the contract. So, you what you have to do is if let's say what happened in Cotton Yemi's in his situation or scenario was Carolina came to him with it with a contract and he signed it, now Montreal has. Seven days to match that contract mm. or let him go. Compensation you get in return is a first and third rounder. For Depending the on where he was drafted, right? If it was a first round pick, because sometimes it's like four no, first it's, round it's picks, not right? about the Yeah, it's about how much you're signing him to. Mm. So if it's $10 million plus, then it's four first rounders. That's insane. So there's tiered in that respect. So where he was in that tier was $6.1 million and $15 was... Uh, <laughs> well, it's that so just makes my pool. blood boil that dirty pool but so that tier was a first and third round pick so let's talk about this i mean waddell came out and said that this was not a revenge play on carolina's part 100 percent revenge play i mean it's they say they like the player the player hasn't proven anything yet he was he was scratched in the stanley cup final because he wasn't good enough he didn't have enough depth and we put eric stall and Corey perry ahead of him and Evans, the the thing. I mean, I, it's it's in no doubt in my mind. Is it a revenge play? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that you know. But it, I mean, the Habs went out and did it to to Sebastian Aho first. So they did it's it first. like all the Habs fans that are so pissed off. It's like guys, give your heads a shake. Like this is what your team did. The revenge play is it petty? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
It's fair game. It's frowned upon. Yeah, that whole unspoken gentleman's agreement between GMs, that's gone now. I think you're going to see an offer sheet every year moving forward. Well, there's Nikast, that guy. He, he's coming up for his RFA in Carolina next year, and he would make a hell of a player for uh, Montreal. <laughs> so don't be surprised if Montreal throws an offer sheet back. Right. I would. I hope Bergevin has that level of pettiness in him because mm. that really spiced up a, a, a pretty mundane – uh, August for the NHL. Right. Because there was that nothing was, happening. Well, the stuff that was happening was just a black eye to hockey that I don't even want to talk about. Yeah. That with Kane and those type, like just some, some real, and Eichel, just ugly stuff that I just, I, I'm not even interested in really. Yeah. Um, but the Cotney Emmy thing, that was great. That was <laughs> fantastic for fans. <laughs> it was fun to watch from the outside because I was on the fence every day. I was like, oh, for sure he's going to sign him. I was like, and then the next day, no, oh, he's not worth $6 million. And then the next day, he's like, no, you can't let him go. You can't give up on a 21-year-old. And and then they're talking about, okay, well, if we do get rid of him, we're going to get Christian Dvorak. And Dvorak is four years older, and he has his ceiling as high as Kakanyemi. Probably. Probably not. Dvorak was a guy that was being spoken about coming to Ottawa. Yeah. And um, I liked the player. I, I did a deep dive on him because I thought he might come to Ottawa before this Kakanyemi stuff happened. Um, so I, I like the player. I think it's a good. I think it's a good pickup. Um, I think they're going to be better off with him for the next couple of years than they than they would be trying to develop a twenty one year old that has like emotional issues and is like in and out of the lineup. Zvorak is going to be in there all the time. It's funny, just the the tune, the way the tune changes, and it happens with every fan base. And being not a Habs fan, it's it's easier for me to see and to critique. But it's funny to watch the Habs fans. Um, their view of Cotton Yemi now, he's a different hockey player since he yeah. since he got traded. That's right. He, or since he signed that offer sheet. He's a different, and it's not even a different person, and they're not even mad at the person so much. It's just he's not a good player anymore, whereas oh, yeah. he was, like, everything to most Habs fans. Cotton Yemi, and this whole talking about Braided to Chuck versus Cotton Yemi, like, give me That's a, over now. Well, give me a break. It's not even, it was never a debate. It should have never Brady's been Brady's about to sign an $8 million deal. Yeah, so right? it's, not like even, it's, it's not even close, but... Anyways, yeah. So the thing, let's talk about how it was done because <laughs> that's the thing that was so entertaining. That's right. So I'll break it down real quickly. It was $6.1 million and $15 for Kotniemi's number 15. Okay, we've seen that happen before. Crosby signed the $8.7 because 87. Yeah. Giroux, I think, had an 8.8, that sort of thing for 88. Yeah. Okay, those, those things happen. Yep. They gave him a signing bonus. Carolina doesn't usually dish out signing bonuses, but they gave him a signing bonus of $20. Oh, and whose Twen- number was that, Darcy? Sebastian Ajo <laughs> also, and it's just a coincidence, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. But Sebastian Ajo happens to wear number 20. <laughs> Weird. Weird. But then it was the Hurricanes Twitter account. Going full French on them. Did they <laughs> ever. First off, what they did is they released word for word what Montreal released when they offered the offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. They just changed the name from Ajo to Kotniemi and Canadians to Hurricanes. They just moved those words around. Other than that, it was word for word. So that in itself was a bit, you know, it's like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Definite copy-paste. An hour later, they put up a reverse Uno card on their Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> then they, they then release a statement in only French. I don't think there's a single French person in Carolina. Nope. 
Then there was a, a, a writer, Jack Todd, who is the most Homer Habs fan writer I've ever had in my life. Every, every media store, every team has one of these guys. Oh, yeah. And he was just saying, Jack Todd was saying how uh, Carolina did, did, was an embarrassment to the league, and it just seemed like they were like a 10-year-old boy tr- trying to see who could stand the furthest away from the urinal. And then <laughs> Carolina qu- quote tweeted that and said, I guess we made a splash. <laughs> And it's a total gamble play. I mean, I, I'll give it to the whoever's handling the Twitter over in Carolina. Like, good on you. Like, good job. You probably deserve a raise this year because you did a good job. You you made your team a little bit more relevant than what you were. So the right? one th- the one thing that I worry about is the player itself. I feel like the spite of this whole situation could actually negatively impact Kotniemi's trajectory for the rest of his career. This could be a career altering move. Because if he doesn't produce at 6.1... Good luck signing a contract. What's going to happen next year? So, and I know all Habs fans will not be cheering for him, but him as the person, this could have been a career implosion. Something mm-hmm. that he probably should not... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. But obviously, he wasn't too thrilled about being scratched in the Stanley Cup final. And 6.1 million, if he doesn't produce this year, he's never signing money like that again. And you think so, you can't be mad at the person because... He's 21 years old, and somebody was waving a big, huge bag of cash in front of his face. A lot of cash. And he was probably going to get, you know, maybe 3 million, maybe 2.5 this year. Yeah. So he's getting, like, is there like how much state taxes are in Carolina? Probably not as much as Montreal either. So you're getting, he's getting some cookies. He's getting his cookies, and he signed it. It's, there's nothing against the player. Anybody especially the way the world is going now, would sign that. I just don't know instantly. if he I don't know if he signs another contract that big in his career. Never. He's not worth that. I mean, unless he blows up and has an incredible season and scores 60 points, he's not getting anywhere near 35. You know, 35 to 40. We should put we should put a little friendly friendly wager on that right now. Cut Kenyemi over under 35.5. 35.5 points? Yeah. Okay. For his sake, I hope it's over. I'll take the over, but uh, I don't think it'll be by a lot. No, I'm going to go under. Oof. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah. He's he's not going to score more than 10 goals, 11 goals maybe, and he'll maybe put up 20 points. So they're basically paying $6.5 million or $6.1 million to a third-line guy? At least, yeah. And that's just good on them. They can do it. they got the cap space, but it's going to tie you up this year. It's, yeah, I don't know. So I didn't, whatever. It is what it is. We got Dvorak. Our team is set. Let's just move forward. Let's not sign Jack Eichel. And let's just see what happens. Because you got the management of the first round picks on this team for as long as I can remember has been so poor. I don't remember the the first round pick that, that that's good. The only bright spot in this entire thing is Colefield. So I'm looking at the depth chart here for Carolina. Who does Kotniemi replace here? Sebastian Ajo is the starter, mm-hmm. first line. And you got Vincent Trocek. I forgot he was there. Trocek, He's they picked amazing. him up from, from Florida. Florida. And then you got Jordan Stahl. And then Ryan Suzuki's also coming up. I mean, those are your, like, who are you replacing? I mean, you're you're taking Suzuki's spot now because now like, he's not, they're, they're talking about putting him on the wing. Okay, that makes sense. Because they have their, their they're short up at center. They're talking about putting him on the wing. That makes more sense because if you're looking at a left wing, would he be left winger? Yeah. 
Okay, you could maybe slide him into a second line with uh, Nakas and uh, Trocek. Yeah. Yeah, because they're really hurting for second line, or they're really hurting for uh, left wingers. So that's what they're. That's probably what their idea was. Okay. He was. He's not the most responsible player. He's a big dude. He's a big boy. So good luck to him. You got your money. You know, enjoy Carolina. It's nice and nice and warm down there. Um, I think we we have an update though from um, from the world of sports. Oh. 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 For those of you who don't know what's going on right now, this is our weekly, bi-weekly, maybe monthly. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on how he does. But this is our Alex Ovechkin update. And OV update. This is the goal tracker. If anybody of you have been following our podcast for the last three, four seasons, we've been tracking Alexander Ovechkin's total goal output to see if he can match or pass Wayne Gretzky. I've always been on the side of yes. I have my trusty abacus in my basement that says that Alexander Ovechkin has scored 730 goals in his career and is sitting 162 goals back of Wayne Gretzky for the record. How many? He's 162 back, I think. Or okay, so was it 894? No, he's 164 back. 164 back. 164 back. I'm, doing, I'm using my mathinator. Yeah. Divided by five. 32.8 goals per year. For five years. For five years. We're not talking right now about a spring chicken. He's he's as old as you. He's two days younger than me. <laughs> um, and he just signed. Not saying anything about your health. Or just signed. Yeah, no kidding. He just signed for five years. So likely brings him. I, I don't know that's the end of his career, to be honest with you. Most people think that's it. Five years and he's done. Maybe he goes back to Russia. But if yeah. he doesn't have that goal record in five years, he wants that. So Absolutely. I, I'm thinking I could see him playing longer than five years. I always saw him as a 42, 43 guy anyway. So, uh, but let's just assume five years and that's it. Mm -hmm. So how many did he score last year? Uh, he scored 40 something. He tied, uh, well, awesome. Matthews won. can't remember. They, they had what? 66 games. I think he, you keep talking to the kids. I'm going to look it up. So 32 and a half goals. I think there's no reason why he can't score a couple of 40-goal seasons still. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Washington Post did a um, sort of try to break down the numbers based on shots per game, shot percentage, all that sort of stuff to see what the actual chances of him breaking the record is. And based on his production, they used his production over the last five years. And from 30 to 35, he scored the most goals in NHL history, matched only by Phil Esposito. Oh. Um, in that age group. So they're looking at those years as sort of a, a benchmark. They give him a 72% chance of, of, of beating this record. Okay. So. Well, it was a shortened season last year. Yeah. And he only scored 24. Assuming that there's no injuries, which he's been pretty good his entire career. Assuming that, you know, no more lockouts or anything like that, or no more pandemics or whatever. Um. If we get five eighty-two game seasons, there's a good chance he plays most of them. I I don't see I don't see a chance that he doesn't break it. Yep. What in, do you think? In 08, he scored sixty-five goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and he's played almost like eighty-two game seasons his entire career. 
Yeah, and the one where he played 41 or whatever was the, the shortened season, 2012. Exactly. And then this year. Like, that's crazy. How many He's years? How many games did he play this year? Every single one. Which was what? How many? 60 or something? 45? Let me see. Let's hope the internet works. Yeah, 45. 45 games. So that's not bad. Like, he was on pace to, to do, what, 35? 35 yeah. goals? Yeah. Like, that's going to be his pace now, right? I think he can do it. And he, he could it, maybe, so let's say he gets 30 per season and he has, you know, 25 goals left to beat it. He'll play until his dying breath. You know that he's going to want to beat this. Yeah, oh, and he said it publicly. And a lot of, I, that's what I do like about him is that, uh, maybe it's a language barrier thing, but he he gives you straight answers. I mean, he's not the scripted guy. He gives you what he's thinking, and that's what I love about him. Totally language barrier thing. I love it. So, you know, and this year it looks like the NHL is going to be playing in the Olympics, so he gets his chance there yep. because that was a big thing where he was threatening to go over to the KHL so that he could play for Russia in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why, you know, he's there. He just signed five-year, $47.5 million contract at 35 years old, 36. He'll be 36 by the time the puck drops. Wow. Not a bad contract. Because when's your birthday? Mine is September 15, and his is the 17th. Your birthday coming up. I do. Man. Good thing you told me. 36. 36. Man. I'm I'm like a spring chicken around here. I'm only 33. This time (laughs) just doesn't exist, man. Right? Just doesn't exist. (laughs) Okay, so good luck to Ovi, and good luck to the Washington Capitals. I feel like they just fell off the face of the earth after they won, after they won the cup. Honestly, but would you be okay with that as a fan? If what? If you fell off the face of the earth for five, six, seven years? Because my team did it without winning a cup. <laughs> <laughs> after winning a cup, I think you expect to like make another run. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, honestly, if in my lifetime, one Stanley Cup would be just. Yeah, perfect. Me too. I, that's all I asked for. Me too. At this rate, every twenty-five years or every twenty-eight years, you right, get a crack at it. You get a crack at it. So, hey, maybe when I'm fifty, who knows? So if it's twenty-eight years, that's good. That brings me to twenty thirty, twenty forty-three for my next crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, so what we're gonna do this season is when we. Next next week we'll go over sort of divisions. We'll talk about you know what our previews are, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so we'll do the Atlantic, we'll do the Pacific because yeah, we'll, there's, we'll there's been some realignment. We'll do some predictions. I want to. North Division is not here anymore, so that's good. I want to. Yeah, I want to have. A, I want to have a segment, a gambling segment again. Okay. So there's nothing to gamble on this week, really NHL related. So we'll wait. But I, I want a gambling se- uh, um, section again. I'll be uh, so you you put up the money. Yeah, and then. I'll be your analyst. Deal. And you can't hate me if it goes way wrong. Nope. And always use your gut. So basically, don't listen to what I say. Right. And just go for it. Right. <laughs> um, so this season, it, it's going to be pretty much the same as what we've always done. Yeah. Like this year, we're going to wait maybe now a couple weeks after your birthday, whatnot. We'll, we'll get we'll jump back into it. We'll do a season preview. We haven't talked about the Sens at all, Brady Kachuk. You want you want to jump into that? I guess we could talk about that really quickly. Right now, as of today, September the 10th, right. Brady Chuck is still not signed. You uh, know he's signing, right? Elliot Friedman's talking about it being close and whether it's an eight-year deal. If they can work the money out, it looks like it'll be an eight-year deal. If they can't, it'll be a bridge. Yeah. Um, Would you, if you were Pierre Dorian, 
give him what he wants and yeah, shore I'd, him up for eight years. Yeah, I'd back up the Brinks truck for him. Really? Yeah. You like him that much? I do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a gamer. Put that I guy mean, in the put put that guy in a playoff series. It's true. Um, yeah, the total gamer, and uh, I think he's gonna make other people want to come to Ottawa, and it should just be a show of faith to other players too that you know the owner isn't completely. Super duper cheap, but we'll see. I mean, I think Brady Chuck's got all the leverage here. He does, um, and even if he gets a bridge deal, like I'm, I'm okay with with a bridge deal for him. You know, bridge deal at what? Me, there was you know, a rumor five, five something million or was, even less. There was a rumor that he turned down eight over eight, or that that was the offer eight over eight. I mean, what's to what's to stop you from signing that and force a trade after four years if you, exactly. if you hate the way things are going? People are going to yeah. still want him, I assume. And if he stays healthy, right? Because the way that he plays the game is is more rough and tumble, right? But he does put up the points as well. The I think one of the best rumors all summer was Matthew Kachuk coming to Ottawa as well. Yeah, that was cool. Could you imagine putting Tim Stutzla in the middle of the, the Kachuk brothers? That'd be pretty cool. That would be the top line in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty wild. But I mean, one can only hope. But who knows? Season's not over yet. Or the, the offseason's not over yet. Like no, and I mean, I I have a bad gut feeling that they're they're working on something for Eichel. Ugh. And you get to sign this guy. He's going to be, he's worth like, what, $10 million he's this year? Ten. And he's going to go have surgery as soon as you sign him. He's not going to be ready till next season. Nah, dad, yeah, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, he just needs to, yeah, that needs to, yeah. All right, well, we'll, I guess we'll wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap up episode one. Good to get uh, good to get back out here, get the equipment out, and see you in person. And dust off the old the old road. Yeah, right. so we, we got some great guests lined up and stuff too for the next few weeks. So that will be exciting. So next week, maybe we'll try and get that prospects guy on. Yeah, right. And then we'll we'll, we'll just we'll hammer out the rest of the season. We're gonna jump right back into it. But let's bring back some of the old faves. You know, let's like Terry it. Ryan, Jamie Rivers. Let's find somebody from Carolina. Um, I, I might have a line. We'll talk off air, but I might have a line on someone in Carolina. Ooh, I like when you say that. Talk yeah. off air. They had a, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But <laughs> I got a, this is a, a song to send us off and sticking with the boy band juices. If you guys want to find us, go over to Twitter, Ryan Pine Show. Um, that's Ryden Pancho with no G. That's the only place we're going to post stuff this year. It's just the easiest, most fast track way to find us. We're going to be on Spotify. We're going to be on iTunes. If you want to email any of us, don't do that because we don't have an email anymore. So just go on Twitter, send us something. If you want to come on the show, um, if you love the way we sound, if you want to sponsor us, do whatever. All right, Darcy? Harper. This is amazing. Yes, buddy. Let's get back into it. Let's and do we'll, it. Uh, Try not to dodge each other next week, and then we'll get back on it. All right, man. We'll right? do it. Yeah. Right, Peace. See ya. See ya.